On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, Connor Knapp, a.k.a. Big T from Barstool Sports, joins the pod as we get you set for a 3 o'clock kickoff between Vandy and Tennessee on West End. We discuss the must-win scenario on Saturday afternoon for Jeremy Pruitt and the Vols, the state of Tennessee football, and keys to the game, along with a game prediction from Big T. You won't want to miss episode 56 of the pod as we get you ready for an in-state brawl between Todd Fitch and the Doors and Jeremy Pruitt and the Vols. You know what they say, the most dangerous creation of any society is the man who has nothing to lose. And with that, there's no other option than to keep it right here on TDR. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco. That's jimmyalaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615-356-0303. That's 615-356-0303. Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style. Before we get to the breaking news and our exclusive interview with Big T from Barstool, it's now time to send it over to Will Byram for a few words on the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they're brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in Westmead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. give it 10 seconds and then we'll jump in and the way i'm going to do this i'm going to say uh we got will byram usual co-host will welcome you know quick 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 stuff from you will maybe a couple words and then and a special guest second career appearance jacob's jacob skull is that how you skull joel joel like like dr show okay (laughs) welcome back into the door report it is episode 56 it is friday december 11th and we are as always presented by the great folks at alaco hardwood flooring my guest today obviously the traditional co-host will byram willie welcome as always great to be back uh big week big rivalry week here got the mustache working got the rivalry (laughs) rivalry we struggled with that last podcast (laughs) Rivalry week shirt on. Rivalry week. And, and a great conversation with our guest for this podcast, uh, Connor Knapp, Big T over there. So we had oh, a good yeah. conversation with that. Yeah, really looking forward to, to giving our listeners an insight into what he does at Barstool and, and a big preview for Vandy, Tennessee uh, tomorrow. And and uh, we also have a, a guest uh, here on the pod today. That is his, it's not his debut. Uh, his name is Jacob Scholl. He joined Will earlier. Yep, second career appearance on the Doorport. Jacob, um, we'll be talking a lot of Tennessee Vandy and and hoping we get a decent game tomorrow. 
Yeah, man. Pumped to be here. Like Will said, it's rivalry. Oh my God. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> rivalry week. And just, uh, it really you just kind of feel it in the air. It's a little bit different. There's uh there's just that excitement behind, even though row and eight, the excitement behind this game this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like what you said there. There's still, I think for at least for Vandy fans, there's always that, you know, somewhat of a buzz, you know, even on a down year. You're playing Tennessee and you get a shot uh, to beat your in-state rival. It's it, it, it means something. And, and as men, Will mentioned earlier, Connor Knapp, big T from Barstool Sports, joins us a little bit later, Barstool Sports. And we'll also touch on a little bit of basketball. They play Mississippi Valley State on Sunday and we'll dive into Vanderbilt and Tennessee. Tomorrow kickoff is at 3 p.m. National Time. SEC Network will talk all about that one. But before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. While you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. We're also looking for sponsors. So uh, if you're listening and you're interested in, in uh, teaming up with us here at the Door Report, uh, don't hesitate to email us at doorreport uh, at gmail.com report at gmail.com or uh, myself billy derek 10 at gmail.com any way you want to get in touch with us um you know we are definitely looking for help there on the sponsorship side all right as we roll in boys we got a basketball game finally uh, on sunday vanderbilt and mississippi state or mississippi valley state not mississippi state not sec play yet uh, mississippi valley state has struggled will and um you know i'd say this is a game kind of like tennessee tomorrow that they must win and 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 there's some players that i know you would like to see step up yeah, this is the, I think struggling is probably a very kind way of putting Mississippi Valley State season thus far. For Vanderbilt fans that aren't big big uh, followers of this basketball program, Mississippi Valley State is 0-6. Mm. Uh, their closest game so far has been a 27-point loss to Western Kentucky. Um, they've had losses such as 142-62 to to Arkansas. Um, 88 to 49 to Grand Canyon University and 116 to 62 to North Texas. So their uh, lowest points given up this season is 88 and their highest offensive output is 69 points. Nice. Um, So (laughs) Vanderbilt's offense is what I will be focused on. I I think that defensively they're going to be fine. Um, That's not a big shot blockers down low rebounding i'm hoping will be improved from last year with cleavon brown and the other brown quentin Morello brown um but what i'm looking for is an improved offensive synergy um last game they came out they they had stretches where you saw success you saw miles stute knock down his first career mm-hmm. three-point jumper you saw scotty pippen perform well and shoot well from the free throw line dj harvey wasn't really in the flow of the game i'll be looking for a big game out of him to kind of get into rhythm but Vanderbilt hasn't played in close to two weeks, and we mentioned it last podcast, but basketball is a game of of flow and momentum even more so than any other sport. So these guys are probably going to come out rusty, and this is probably the team you want to come out rusty against, but Vanderbilt should dominate this game, and if they don't, there's going to be some red flags raised. I got a couple things here. Um, Obviously, Mississippi Valley State, you should handle them. You should beat them by 30, 40 points. Uh, If that doesn't happen, I'll I'll definitely be a little bit concerned. But um, I really want to see guys like DJ Harvey, you know, the veterans on this team, Cleavon Brown, look, just look improved. You know, they didn't, obviously, Cleavon Brown sat out most of last season and and DJ Harvey hasn't 
been on a basketball court, a competitive basketball court for two years. So uh, DJ Harvey and, and Cleavon Brown are really looking at those two guys to look more physical and more aggressive as you kind of touched on Will and, and, and really putting up more points. Cause I think that's what potentially Vanderbilt could struggle with this year, just putting points on the board. And Jacob, I, I love the, the shooters, but I, they honestly, they need to shoot the ball a lot better as well, especially not only against Mississippi Valley state, but you know, once they get into sec play. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity early on in the game. Like you guys said, see someone like Harvey really get involved and see that potential that we've heard about all offseason. And uh, Dylan DeSue, I felt like he had a pretty quiet game. I had pretty high expectations for him this year. Uh, to, so to see those guys get in rhythm would be nice. But also later in the game, if it goes the way it should, uh, we'll get a good look at some of these young guys and they'll get some pretty valuable minutes and uh, kind of get that experience at the college level and the college speed. Yeah, another guy to look out for, uh, I know, you know, you've been a big fan of Will's Tyron Lawrence, you know, when he might be coming back. I know uh, Stackhouse said he, he should uh, be back this season. He doesn't know when, but um, Tyron Lawrence, those young guys are going to be, they're going to be fun to watch. And, and, you know, maybe not necessarily this year in terms of their production, but boy, down the road, I think Stackhouse has a good core um, at his disposal. So we got Vanderbilt, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, that will tip off at 1 p.m. Central Time here in Nashville at Memorial Gym. You can watch that on the SEC Network. So uh, just stay tuned in on the SEC Network this whole weekend if you're a Vanderbilt fan. You got uh, the football game against Tennessee, and then you got basketball uh, Sunday afternoon. So with basketball uh, wrapped up, let's move on to football, boys. The, the, the game everyone's talking about around the country, Vanderbilt and, and Tennessee. Right now, Tennessee is a 16-point favorite in this one. The over-under is 49-and-a-half. Tennessee is 2-6 and six overall. Vanderbilt is 0-and-8. And I don't know if you guys are aware of the bottom 10. It's a, it's a weekly list uh, by Ryan McGee from Marty McGee on ESPN. And he puts the bottom 10 teams and who they play each week. And at number nine, it was the Vanderbilt commode doors at 0 and 8. And here's what he said. He said, this weekend, Vandy hosts Tennessee in the Volunteer State Pillow Fight of the Week presented by Dollywood. The winner of the game gets Coastal Carolina coach Jamie Chadwell's phone number. Wow. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious because, I mean, right now, especially in West End, we don't believe we're getting Jamie Chadwell. Um, you know, reportedly hearing that he has a seven-year extension potentially on deck. Um, so I, I told Jacob before this podcast, we're not talking coaching search. We're talking ball. So uh, the pillow fight is happening tomorrow. Will, as always, Vanderbilt, uh, you know, typically at home, they'll be decked out in their black jerseys, black pants, the new Vandy script helmet. So going to be excited to see that see that on the call. Taylor Zarzor, Matt Stinchcomb, and Don Davenport in Nashville, Tennessee, will likely be in their traditional road white uniforms. Will, I don't even know where to start. I mean, I'm, I'm very surprised. You know, we, we talked Wednesday on the pod, and, and we're basically saying how we don't believe this game is going to happen. And, and here we are with, uh, you know, less, you know, 24 hours away, over 24 hours away from this kickoff and it's happening. Tennessee and Vandy is a go. Yeah, I'm thrilled it's happening, but ask me about 5 p.m. tomorrow uh, if I'm still thrilled <laughs> it's happening. But At halftime? Yeah, Vanderbilt has about 45 scholarship players right now. Uh, Tennessee's obviously on a downward trajectory from starting out the season 2-0. and um, just, just a little bit. So Vanderbilt fans, I'm sure that they've kept up with Tennessee. I mean, it's the orange team out East. Oh, a lot yeah. of Vanderbilt fans say my favorite quote is I have two favorite teams, every college football Saturday, number one, Vanderbilt, number two, whoever Tennessee's playing. Yep. So 
this this Tennessee team obviously had an easy stretch of games or easier stretch of games at the end of last season. And the first two games of the season for them were very winnable and, and sh they should have won them, um, their weakest, weakest opponents of the season. But in the first two games of the season, Tennessee scored 66 points. And, was, and in mm. the first three games overall, they're averaging 29 points per game. In the last five games, Tennessee has 73 total points. So their offensive production has taken a massive, massive downward trajectory. Mm -hmm. They are also, like we've mentioned before, um, when, in the Kentucky preview, they are 13th in the SEC in passing production. Mm -hmm. um, but their offensive line and running game is going to be what is going to give the Commodores headaches with, with their highly touted guys that they have, including May, Cade Mays on that offensive line, even though uh, a lot of these guys haven't produced how Tennessee fans had hoped, and I'm sure the staff hadn't hoped. Um, they're still extremely talented on that offensive front, and Vanderbilt is obviously extremely shorthanded and undermanned. Tennessee's got some beef. They got some beef up front, and, and it's going to be interesting to see that matchup uh, with Vanderbilt. Just so you know, little depth on defense, especially right now, just so decimated on defense. If I'm Tennessee, I uh, I run the ball a lot, <laughs> you know, especially with a guy like JT Shroud or Harrison Bailey at quarterback. I, I line up I formation and just feed Chandler and Gray all day, all day. You know, I don't think there's anything else, you know, they would need to do. But on the Vanderbilt side, the good news is that they will have most of its key players offensively available. Um, and for Ken Seals, he's got a couple more games here to really show what he's made of and, and not just pad the stats, but, you know, maybe put in a win or two. You know, I'm not saying they're going to go down to Athens and beat Georgia, but they got a shot tomorrow. And, and that's because of Ken Seals and this offense. But the bad news is, is that it's still a Vandy offense that had its worst game of the season against Missouri and they average 14 and a half points per game. So, you know, the, the, the offensive numbers are deceptive. You know, I think we, we all know that uh, looking at this Vanderbilt offense, uh, but we know what Ken Seals can do and he's got weapons with him. We talked about it all year, Chris Pierce, Cam Johnson, Bresnahan, even at the tight end position and a key Jacob and will is Keon Henry Brooks. Uh, because if he can get going in the ground game and, and produce that play action pass, we talk about it every week, but key on Henry Brooks and his production, especially in the passing game is going to be lethal because if, if key Henry Brooks doesn't do anything, Vandy ha doesn't have a shot. They, they don't have a single shot in this one. So Jacob, I, I think, you know, for, for this Vanderbilt offense, you've got to, you've got to establish the run, you know, because if you can't run the ball, the passing game will be nowhere to be found kind of similar to Missouri. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, but defensively, Jacob, what, what, what has to happen? I mean, you know, they're just so depleted on that side. What kind of hope, you know, do they have, if any? Um, I mean, I think we got to rally around guys like Andre Mintz who are really trying to mm -hmm. uh, bring this team together and, facing the most adversity they've ever faced. Um, I think you got to have a bend but not break mentality. I mean, you, you got to know you're going to give up yards. You're going to get hit in the mouth, but you got to get up every play and come back and uh, hit them right back. Um, I know mm -hmm. Alan George put something on Twitter at the beginning of the season promising a pick six. And uh, a fan recently tweeted him about that. And he said, quote unquote, on me. So look, looking forward to see if he gets a pick six this game. Uh, and then yeah. – I think, I think the matchup is our offense against their defense. Um, Tennessee's offense ranks 105th nationally. Vanderbilt's defense is 121st nationally. So I think really where the key to this game is, can our offense keep up with or score points on their defense? 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the leader of the Vanderbilt offense is Ken Seals. And looking at him this season, since October 25th, he's completing 68% of his passes. That's the 10th best mark in the country during that span. So Seals has, he's really have some underrated numbers. Um, you know, the off, total offense as a whole hasn't necessarily, you know, been there for him, you know, or anything like that. But, um, you know, in, in terms of guys like Keon Henry Brooks and, and Cam Johnson, Chris Pierce, I really want it. This could be the game Cam Johnson really breaks out, you know, because we saw him against South Carolina, Will, and, and he looked really good that game. But again, he kind of went on a little bit of a, a, a hiding, you know, period. But now two more games for Cam Johnson to really just explode. And, and we're going to need him tomorrow. Yeah, the, the weather here in Nashville tomorrow is going to be raining um unless there's something shocking happens so usually when you see rain in the forecast you think that favors the underdog the less talented team because unexpected things can happen that wouldn't usually happen things can get sloppy it is the complete reverse right now in this case um beginning of the season all season we've talked about the weak defense even though the whole thing hasn't been great is in that secondary well, as of right now, with the guys that have opted out, it looks like the secondary is probably going to be the strength of this defense. And when you've got out, you have one outside linebacker listed on that depth chart, um, you've got Jalen Mahoney and, and other corners playing outside linebacker in your defensive line, to put it nicely, is thin, paper thin. So, and Tennessee's strength is their running game. Um, their, their passing game, like we mentioned, has been 13th out of 14th in the SEC, only ahead of Kentucky. Um, they've had three, four quarterbacks take snaps throughout the season and have had a turnover issues in that passing game. So I think this weather that we are seeing uh, definitely hinders Vanderbilt a lot more than Tennessee. And, and a lot of Vanderbilt's offense has been through Ken Seals in that passing game. And the running game has been really hit or miss with that kind of hodgepodge offensive line, which now you're losing Birchmeyer and he's going back to the defensive line due to opt-outs and extenuating circumstances. So I think it's a really perfect storm that's going to that's going to kind of mount up on top of the whole coaching change and uh, turbulence within the program. I, I think it's mounting up to a really tough day for the Commodores. I, I agree. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to predictions as usual um, a little bit later in this segment before we get to Big T, Connor Knapp. But, um, you know, I'm with you, Will. I, I, I really think it, you know, if Vanderbilt wants any kind of a prayer or hope in this game, they got to find a way to get a little bit of pressure. You know, when Tennessee drops back, they can't have any shot in the passing game. You know, they, Tennessee's quarterbacks are really in disarray right now. Vanderbilt has to find a way to, you know, get hurries, get pressures. I'm not saying sacks because I, I don't know if, if that's even possible with this defense right now. But, you know, with, with, with the quarterback hurries and pressures that Dio Dengvo provided, that's why he's such a big absence. Because he not I, I, we weren't asking necessarily for sacks week in, week out from Dio, but he was getting pressure, getting hurries, and forcing quarterbacks to move up in the pocket. So how much of an impact, this is for both of you guys, how much of an impact can the, will the absence of Dio Dangbo uh, play in this one? Because, Jacob, as you know, the Dangbo brothers are you know synonymous with Vanderbilt, and they love beating up on Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big impact. Um, the, the only other major pass rusher I've seen this season or um, – I guess a contributing pass rusher would be Andre Mintz and this big beefy Tennessee line is going to have their focus on Andre Mintz, wherever they line him up this weekend. Yeah. So get him, um, get him blocked. You got to zero in on him because if Andre Mintz gets loose, you know, he can definitely pressure the quarterback too. Yeah. I think a lot of attention's going to be on him. He might even see a few double teams this week. Um, I'm looking forward to see um, some of these young guys that are stepping in, in this super thin pass rush and, uh, 
Maybe some of yeah. those other guys can take advantage of the opportunity of not having the attention on them each play. And speaking of the young guys, Will, just a really sad story before we get to predictions. Derricky Wright, um, his mother actually passed away recently, and there was a GoFundMe uh, page created, um, you know, for the for the Wright family. And, and listen to this, guys. They had a goal of fifteen thousand. They raised thirty four thousand dollars for the Wright family. Um, you know, Vanderbilt fans. Uh, friends of the family, 34,000 has been raised uh, for the Wright family. So again, um, prayers with them and really wanted to see Derricky Wright get a chance because he was one of the prizes of the recruiting class last year. So, um, you know, with, with Vanderbilt, Jacob, you're exactly right. You hit it on the head. The young guys are really going to have to step up and, and step in a big game like this and, and make plays um, because that's Vanderbilt's only hope on defense. Again, we talked about it. 16 point underdog are the Commodores. Can they get it done? It's now time to hop into Purdue predictions boys as we close out this first segment as always will byram will have the honors of going first tomorrow will three o'clock kickoff vanderbilt tennessee the rivalry the game of the century ryan mcgee is calling it calling it the pillow fight what happens tomorrow afternoon in nashville absolutely love the game of the century that's all i'm going to use <laughs> for, or uh, the for the remainder of the time before this game so the game of the century classic um, i i can break it quickly down into three points why i have my prediction how it is all right um, number one you got the rain you've got the styles of play vanderbilt relies heavily on that passing game tennessee relies heavily on the running game vanderbilt um we'll get to number two now vanderbilt's okay. defensive line has almost nobody on it um, I mean, literally, you have guys Nate with Clifton. no backups. I mean, you have people that haven't even seen the field this yeah. year that are going to be starting, and the comments from interim head coach um, Todd Fitch that some of these guys may not even be a go Saturday. So this is a very optimistic part. Um, and number three, you have got a lot of these guys on this team for Vanderbilt, and this is going to this number three point is going to be why Vanderbilt may be able to compete. Is Vanderbilt has an us against the world mentality? It kind of feels like one verse thirteen. Everybody sh shits on Vanderbilt constantly. I'll just use mm -hmm. the word shits on them. Yeah. Um. And and it is what it is. And more so right now, I think that these guys are going to have that mentality going in. You had your head coach fired, um, offensive coordinator promoted to interim. Um, you have a lot of people with negative things on social media about the kicker situation, and that couldn't save your head coach's job, guys mm -hmm. opting out, and who's left that core nucleus of around 45 scholarship guys. There's got to be a really tight bond between them. And so regardless of what happens on Saturday, props to the guys that stuck around. Um, I, that can't be an easy decision. You've been away from your family for a long period of time. You're seeing all your friends. That's the easy thing to do is to transfer out, opt out, coaching change. It's really easy to just say, forget it, we're 0-8. So props to those guys. And Alan George put out a tweet that was really great um, saying you'd have to basically drag him off the field mm -hmm. for him not to be playing Saturday. So he, he already bumped up to one of my favorite players on the team. Love it. Now that I've said all that, I, I, I would go. be ecstatic if Vanderbilt is competitive um, with Tennessee. They've had a disappointing season. Vanderbilt has had a disappointing season, but it's from different expectations. Um, Tennessee started out 2-0. and uh, Just to get to the score, I could go on forever about this game, but I think Tennessee puts up 38 points in the wet conditions out there. I think they run wow. for 300-plus yards against this Vanderbilt defense. That is my prediction. It's 250 or 300-plus yards for Tennessee rushing. Um, I think the Commodores' offense is able to move the ball. The, most of that offense is, is intact, even though their offensive line is you know thin. Most of their playmakers are intact, so... 
I'm looking for yeah, Kinsale. They, they've, they've proven you wrong this year, Will. Yeah, that they have. And I and I'm seeing Vanderbilt put up about 20, 21 points. So final score prediction: 38 for Tennessee, 20 for Vanderbilt. There it is, 38 to 21. The final score prediction for Mr. Will Byram. And now we go to the next co-host, Jacob Scholl. Jacob, what do you got for the big game tomorrow? Um. Well, I think with interim coach Todd Fitch kind of taking over as head coach. And with some questions regarding our special team's ability, maybe um, I see him opening up the playbook, maybe see a couple of trick plays and things that you don't normally see from Vanderbilt and um, throw it back to Caleb Scott on the sideline. And yeah, let, yeah. Let him, I think some exciting things are going to happen. And hold up, give me a second. I can, uh, I can hop in here if you, if you need, if you need a break. No, you're good. I just had to scroll down on my notes. Um, Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to land somewhere between my optimistic and pessimistic side and say a final score of 34-17. Think, um, okay. I think it's a decent matchup. I, you can never underestimate Tennessee's ability to play down to its opponent's levels, as well as, especially on rivalry week, uh, Vanderbilt to play up to its component or its opponent's ability. So I could see it possibly being a little competitive, but I'm going to lie somewhere in the middle of what I'm thinking. I'm going to go with 34-17 Tennessee winning. There it is from Mr. Scholl. And, and, and here we go. One more. I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I know it's the boring pick, but I, I, it's really tough to find any way Vanderbilt, com, you know, competes in this one. You know, compete is, is a broad word, vague word, but um, I think Vanderbilt keeps it, you know, somewhat close in the first half. Ken Seals does as much as he can in the, in, with the offense, but it's just not enough. You know, the, the, the decimated defense is, is the killer for Vanderbilt. Uh, now, if Dio Dangbo or a couple other defensive players were in there, it's a different story. But right now, I've got, I've got Tennessee 34, Vanderbilt 23 right now. Uh, just going off. So all off, of us off are pretty much almost completely agreeing with Vegas right yeah. around that line. <laughs> I mean, we're... <laughs> We are hovering at that line, and and uh, I'm I'm betting I'm betting this weekend, but I'm not betting uh, this game. Um, I, I've learned to not pick um, pick Vanderbilt this you know bet. On I, I wish this I wish I had the same self control as you, Billy. I've lost a lot <laughs> on Vanderbilt over the years. Hey, I mean this game. A lot of people uh, um, I've heard that uh, I, I like Vanderbilt in this game. I, the line is 16, but um, you know it should be interesting tomorrow. We got Vanderbilt, Tennessee again. Will's Will's got Tennessee up. I got Tennessee up and, and Jacob's got Tennessee up big. So um, again, tomorrow, yep. Tomorrow, three o'clock in Nashville. Can't wait. Hopefully we get uh, a repeat of 2005. Will the streak is over. I like that shirt. Yeah. I'll, ta I'll take a, uh, yeah, I'll take a slant pass with a very similar t-shirt made. I'll take oh, a man. pass. Seals to Johnson. <laughs> I'll take one Touchdown. to Kent Johnson or Chris Pierce on Saturday, and uh, I'll I'll pay for and make up and send them out to all of you if that if, if Vanderbilt somehow pulls an upset. I'll make I'll remake this exact shirt. Almost. Door reportedly rocking tomorrow if, if Vanderbilt <laughs> finds a way to get the win. Alongside Jacob Scholl, Will Byram, you've been listening to episode fifty-six of the Door Report. Coming right up is Big T from Barstool Sports to talk Tennessee Vanderbilt. Stay tuned. Welcome back into the Door Report. We are now happy to be joined by Big T. He is named Connor Knapp from Barstool Sports. He is a digital content creator there, graduate of Tennessee, and he's a Georgian by birth, but a Tennessee volunteer. By the grace of God, he now joins the podcast. And Will, I'm going to give you the intro honors because, you know, thanks to you, we got uh, Big T here on the pod. 
Yeah, I've known Connor for a long time, and we've uh, argued about sports a lot for a lot of hours during the day, and now he's uh, over at Barstool, and I'm not over at Barstool, so congratulations to him on that. But, Connor, how's it going, man? It's going well, buddy. I, I gave my takes to Will long before I got paid to do it, so this is, uh, <laughs> this is fun. I'm happy to, to be here with you all. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and this is an absolute honor because, you know, I know all of us are big fans of Barstool and we got a pretty, pretty, I wouldn't say big game coming up tomorrow, but Vanderbilt and Tennessee and the way it's Tennessee... the game of the century. <laughs> yes. I mean, just so many eyes going to be on this I... matchup of heavyweights. Going yeah. On. Yeah. I, I really can't wait. Taylor Zarzor, Matt Stinchcomb and Don Davenport on the call there on the SEC network for Tennessee. Uh, Big T, what, what's the vibe right now? Obviously, outside of Tennessee, you know, it's not looking great. But deep down, I've heard it's it's not as bad as it might look right now. But I'd say they have to win this game tomorrow. Well, Billy, the vibes have been better. They've been better. Um, it it You know, I, I'm stuck somewhere between Tennessee should not ever be basing itself off of what happens against an 0-8 Vanderbilt team. But at the same time, like, we do have to win. Uh, if, if Tennessee loses this game, and I don't – I you know, we're, we're a minute in, but I'll just – we'll just go ahead and go there. If Tennessee <laughs> loses this game, I think things are going to get very, very bad. Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, and this is the classic, like, here is – and here's – I'm just going to get all my takes out right now, and then we can discuss them. <laughs> here is my biggest – when it comes to this game, I have told, I've said it forever, like Tennessee needs to take this game as seriously as Vanderbilt does because for all the jokes Tennessee fans make about Vanderbilt, stuff like that, the players do view this as the Super Bowl for Vanderbilt. That's what it is. And it's not that for Tennessee. And that's why Tennessee has gotten its ass kicked several times recently. And if Tennessee does what it did in 2017 and 2018 and several times before that and goes out there tomorrow and does not take this game as seriously as it should, I people could people could be in very dire situations in 24 hours. So I think this is a game that Tennessee really needs to make sure it's got its helmet strapped on tight because things could get very bad very quickly. Yeah, this is kind of a weird situation where you don't see it very often with a team with two wins and a winless team, and you can point at one of those teams and say, this is a must-win game. And it's a must-win game not only, and, and we'll get into Jeremy Pruitt in a second, but not only for Jeremy Pruitt and staff, but for those guys and just the fans in general, any of the Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt supporters left would have to be out the door if Tennessee was to lose to a winless Vanderbilt team who's lost pretty much half of their starters throughout the throughout this season to opt-outs and transfers and, and then the coaching change recently. So we'll, we'll just go ahead and ask this hot-button topic question for you here, Connor. I, I, I know uh, we've been discussing it before, but where do you stand on Jeremy Pruitt and where does what's kind of the vibe around the fan base of Jeremy Pruitt? Because I know on the outside there's this kind of overarching opinion, but when you're actually inside the fan base, a lot of times the feelings are a little bit different. So uh, just just kind of uh, break that down for us. Well, well, the vibes are once again not great. Um, I do think, and you know, this being a 10-game SEC season really changed everything. I mean, if Tennessee, you know, we can play, you know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But if, if Tennessee doesn't have those games against Texas A&M and Auburn, which they had added, 
and, you know, played four. We were going to play Oklahoma. So let's say you lose to Oklahoma, win those other three non-conference games, and then you go. I mean, if they beat Vandy and lose to A&M, they'll be three and seven. So they'd have been three and five without those other two games. And then you're six and six, which, again, is not a good season. But it's better than where they're at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, when you – and. Again, Tennessee was not the only team that had stuff with coronavirus, but it did, you know, players missed a ton of time and this, that, and the other. And those aren't excuses for some of the losses Tennessee has had this year. They've been atrocious. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's two games left. It, and, again, all this goes out the window if Tennessee puts out a clunker on Saturday and loses. I mean, then it's really all bets are off the table. But if they beat Vandy – I mean, you know, are they going to beat Texas A&M? Probably not. But you, you, you go play, I guess, and uh, and see where things stand after that. But it's a weird year, which I think is part of the reason that no matter what people want to happen, Jeremy Pruitt probably isn't going to be fired no matter what. I mean, finances are what they are. The year is what it is. I just don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, uh, two SEC programs have already fired their coach, so I guess – you know, it can happen. Yeah, it's the yeah. SEC. Um, yeah. we, we've kind of discussed the coaching situations here and, and everything, but we're going to kind of move to the on-field actual game that's going to be played on on Saturday. So we've had it called some nicknames before. I believe it was back in 2018 It was or 2017. It was the Toilet Bowl. Um, we're kind of back to that point. This is, and this one is of the pillow fight. Yeah, and there's been a lot of issues with – Vanderbilt's roster and, and guys at different positions, but one of those issues of Vanderbilt has not been the quarterback position. Um, they believe they have their guy in true freshman quarterback, Ken Seals. That has not been the case for Tennessee. Uh, kind of give us a breakdown of, of that current QB situation, kind of how it's evolved throughout this season. I mean, man, you want to talk, you want to talk Tennessee quarterbacks. We can be here a minute. Mm. I mean, so Harrison Bailey got his first start last week against Florida. He was fine. Uh, but then Jeremy Pruitt brought in JT Shrout. Why? Who looks who looked better than Harrison Bailey? Which I I think I, I'm I'm of this opinion very much in baseball. When you know teams are talking about bringing a guy up, not bringing a guy up. If you're going to bring a guy up from AAA, he needs to be playing, and he needs to be you know have an established spot. And I think if if Pruitt was going to start Harrison Bailey, then Harrison Bailey should have been the quarterback. But he brought in J.T. Shrout, and J.T. Shrout looked better than him. So now, going into the Vanderbilt game, he's got another decision to make on his hands again. And I think both of them will play. I think Pruitt has made it very clear that he is a is a proponent of playing multiple quarterbacks when he doesn't feel one is performing how he thinks they should. I think both of them will play. Um, I don't. If I had to guess. I would guess JT Shrout starts for Tennessee. Mm. Um, I think the one thing that is pretty clear is that the Jarrett Garantano era has for the most part concluded short of Tennessee accepting a bowl bid, then maybe he plays the bowl game. I don't know. Um, But I think on Saturday you will see JT Shrout and Harrison Bailey in some capacity. All right. Well, there, uh, there you hear it from, from big T. You could, I mean, I think you will see both quarterbacks, but uh, JT Shrout could be the starter. We got big T Connor Knapp from Barcelona sports on the door port right now. Big T, I want to go kind of to this rivalry per se, I guess on the Vanderbilt side, um, out of all these Tennessee Vandy games you've watched, have any of them had less buzz than this one? I mean, I know this is a unique season, but 
this one seems like it, this might not even be happening. I mean, it, it's happening, but it, it, that's what it feels like right now. I think, I think 2017 had less buzz because Butch Jones had already been fired and Tennessee fans were just talking about the coaching search mm. and that game kind of how it is to... our end this year i don't i feel like right. i've heard less conversations about the tennessee game which you put it you put it aptly i mean vanderbilt fans will argue with it but it's it's vanderbilt super bowl a lot of the time because, because they're usually already not bowl eligible yeah 27 and i don't think 2017 about the next head coach 2017 was the buzz for vandy there was no buzz for tennessee so i think you're right on with that right um and- and, and I was just going to say to Will's point, I don't think it's a bad thing that Vanderbilt views it as the Super Bowl. They should. And I've said publicly before that Tennessee should take it as seriously as they do because they've lost, what, three of the last five, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think 17 was just – it was two horrible teams, much like it is this year. But I think Tennessee fans are kind of like on pins and needles as to the future of the program – regarding what happens tomorrow so I think there's a little bit more of a I mean it's you know it's a 0.1 and a zero on like the scale but I think this is a little more than 17 at least I gotta ask you this too because I you know just like Will I got a lot of friends who are Tennessee fans also and you know for the early part of my life, it was okay. Vanderbilt is, is an absolute afterthought. We, you know, at, we, no respect for them, you know, they're coming in and every, every year they're just getting throttled. Now the past, you know, as you mentioned, three of the last five years, Vanderbilt has taken that as a Tennessee fan and having a nice grasp on that fan base. Is there kind of a renewed, I don't, I don't hate saying respect because, you know, you'd like to say that they do have respect for Vandy, but has there been kind of a a renewed, you know, more amount of respect for Vandy, the the fact that of what's happened, or is it kind of, they're still same old Vandy in the eyes of, of Tennessee fans? I mean, there should probably be, but at the same time, like, here's the thing. And here's what I tell people. I hope you guys know. Like 70 years of history. It's yeah. going to take, <laughs> it's gonna take longer than right. five years. Right, right. Um, but here's, see, here's the thing. And, and we're going to, here's the one thing I will say. I, I think Will knows. I'm, I think I'm a pretty fair person. And, uh, and I respect oh, you guys amazing. immensely. <laughs> but here's the thing about a lot of Vanderbilt fans is that when Vanderbilt beats Tennessee, and it doesn't happen often again, so they should celebrate it like it's a big event, it just makes Tennessee fans hate them more because when Tennessee beats Vanderbilt, four people who are of a certain age, that's like, that should be expected. Mm-hmm. That's not anything to celebrate. Yeah. So when, when Tennessee fans see Vanderbilt fans putting it on Christmas cards and this, that, and the other, it makes them even more angry. So I think the fact that Vandy has won recently just creates more hostility, not necessarily respect. Hey, that's the road to a good rivalry, though. I don't think Georgia Tech and Georgia, uh, for a long period of time, had a had a ton of respect for each other's fan bases. Yeah, I know you're. No, you're that's true. That's still Georgia true. Tech fan. Um. So. So yeah, I think I think Tennessee should, as a program, take Vanderbilt more seriously than it has. Like I said, because it can go out there and and get whipped, and then people are in a whole world of trouble. So. Um, but I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, Tennessee does love to, you know, clown Vanderbilt a little bit, but I mean, it is what it is. Like Vanderbilt has won more times in, in the last decade than they have in the previous, like what, five or six. So. 
Yeah, so we posed this question before Derek Mason had been fired, but we'll kind of do it the flip for you. I, I I don't know how freely you want to speak about Pruitt here, but if you had the choice of Vanderbilt or not Vanderbilt of Tennessee making a coaching change, if there was if Tennessee was to lose tomorrow, or Tennessee beats Vanderbilt and it's more of the same next year, wh which option are you choosing? So you're saying if Tennessee loses, they are guaranteed to make a coaching change? Yes, they are guaranteed to make a coaching change. This is all hypothetical. Guaranteed to make a coaching change if they lose to Vanderbilt tomorrow or they beat Vanderbilt, lose to Texas A&M, and you're guaranteed another at least a year of Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, here's where I'm at. I don't think Tennessee takes itself seriously enough as a football program that if Jeremy Pruitt got fired, they'd go hire a good coach anyway. So – I don't know that it matters. I, so for that reason, I would just like to have Vanderbilt not have another number to claim that like next year they're like, oh, it's for the last six. So let's just go ahead and, and win. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many coaches are out there that I think can, can make Tennessee a, a championship contender at this point anyway. So, I mean, you may as well – let it ride with Jeremy Pruitt, see what – and, again, the 10-game the SEC schedule, and teams have been successful playing it. Like, you know, it's Tennessee's fault for losing the games it has. But if Tennessee lost this game tomorrow to a Vanderbilt team with – y'all know the numbers better than I do. How many scholarship players is 45. Vanderbilt playing? I think it's around okay. 45. It might so be 45, 45 scholarship players who – I, and I, I, I should have looked it up. I don't know what like the 24-7 talent composite is. I know Tennessee, I think, is 15th in the country. I don't know what Vanderbilt is, but Not to a bad. team that is substantially less talented than you with 45 scholarship players and just fired its coach. I, I, don't, I can't recall a worse loss than that, and I'm including Georgia State. Georgia State mm. was, was a team that came in there ready to kick Tennessee's yeah, ass, and Tennessee bad. was not ready to play to that level. And they got and they got they got whooped and they lost. Losing to this Vanderbilt team would be the worst loss, certainly in my time as a Tennessee fan. And I don't recall an, another one. It's hard to disagree with that when when you're looking at a winless Vanderbilt team who now has who who was getting more competitive throughout the year. I mean, you saw them with close games against Kentucky and close games against Mississippi State, and all and honestly should have won those games without errors from inexperienced players. But bam. now you're eliminating from a defense that was piss poor to begin with. You're eliminating like you have one outside linebacker on the roster. They literally have one. One defensive one end. Outside. Like it, it's unreal. I did see that. Yeah, they, they've moved cornerbacks who were starting cornerbacks to play outside linebacker in this 3-4 scheme. 170 so, pounds. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. You, you're going to have guys that are pretty much my build out there playing outside linebacker against Tennessee against what is a, based on their, you talked about 24-7 composite ratings, a damn good offensive line. I mean, I don't, I don't think doubt. anybody can argue that regardless of performance, that this is a very talented, big Tennessee offensive line. Yeah, and, and no, yeah, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Connor. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm just talking, you know, whatever goes wrong, are perceived or real in terms of coaching, you know, management, this, anything you want. Tennessee is, it has talented players far more so than Vanderbilt. And at, at the end of the day, you're going up against an 0 and 18 that wants to beat you. And, and that would just be the, just the talent is just 
should be enough that, I mean, Tennessee's a 17-point favorite and really shouldn't be a 17-point favorite over much of anybody. So this loss would be would be pretty catastrophic. Jacob, far away. Um, I, I'd say it's pretty safe to say for both, or from a fan base perspective, uh, both of our team's seasons has been a disappointment. Um, I'm looking forward to see two freshman quarterbacks battle it out and kind of give the fan bases something to look forward to for this matchup over the next four years. Uh, what's something you're kind of looking forward to in this matchup, Connor? Oh man, looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking forward to also having Army Navy on at the same time. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, like Harrison Bailey should play, and Ken Seals has been playing well. So I mean, I guess that's something. I actually back to the quarterback thing. I think if if Jeremy Pruitt really wants to to. Tennessee has a kid coming in next year named Caden Salter, who's supposed to be another great quarterback. Um, so I actually think Pruitt might play Shrout a little bit more and say, oh, well, it's an open competition going into next year if he wants to give himself that option. Um, but I mean, you know, I've I've said I, I, I said back in the summer when it looked like we might not get college football, I was like, listen, to God, whoever you believe in, if there is college football, <laughs> I don't care. I will, I will be thankful for whatever it is in whatever form. And uh, Tennessee plays football tomorrow, and I'll watch it. That's that's I've what the I'm. Same thing, and we've watched some pretty poor products on the field. So I have to keep thinking back to that in like July when I was like, anything, right. anything, big guy. Right. Just we'll watch it. I, I don't <laughs> care. So it's Tennessee playing a rivalry game. Uh, I mean, you know, it it is what it is. So it's it should be fun. I mean. It yep. is. It is an in-state rivalry game at the end of the day, and it's college football. So. so we've talked about a ton of how this season is led up, where we are now, what the surrounding impact of this win or loss would be. What we haven't done is actually give your prediction and keys to the game. So, Connor, I'm going to let you take it away and get first crack at it. What is your final score prediction, and and kind of how do you see this game going? So you said keys to the game. I think with with the way that Tennessee has been throwing the ball or not uh, doing that more specifically this season. Eric Gray and Ty Chandler are going to have to really carry that. And you mentioned Tennessee's offensive line. I think they're going to – they should have one of the, if not their best game of the season because they're going against an undermanned defense, no doubt about it. Um, in terms of a score, oh, my God. I go. said – I was like, listen – I told somebody the other day, I said, I think Tennessee's a 16 and a half point favorite right mm -hmm. now. And yeah. I was like, I don't know that I'd pick Vanderbilt to win, but if it got past 17, I know who I'm betting on and it ain't Tennessee. <laughs> um, if I had to pick right now, I would say Tennessee wins 31 to 20. Oh, wow. Something okay. like that. I will again. Getting van, getting a little uh, shootout there, like the Big Twelve. I like it. Yeah, I mean, fifty-one point. I forgot what the. I think the over/under is fifty-four. Well, it's been crazy looking at the line because when the line initially came out, Tennessee was an eleven-point favorite, and then Vanderbilt had their entire defense. The first time. Yeah, yeah Vanderbilt the had depth their chart entire came defense right. for away uh, or opt out in between that time, and now in a lot of places you can't even bet the game right now because there's so much uncertainty about Vanderbilt's 
depth chart in general and who who's even going to play because uh, Todd Fitch, their interim head coach, mentioned that a lot of the guys listed on this very thin depth chart are questionable for the game. <laughs> so they're not even fully healthy, and they're listed as the starter with no backup on defense. So it, it's pretty it's a pretty brutal situation for Vanderbilt right now. And Tennessee's not exactly rolling along full full speed ahead, but you know they at least have guys that have backups at their position. You know, I will in- say, uh, as you uh, sorry, it, just just one other thing when you were talking about keys to the game, Tennessee's starting kicker did uh, opt out the rest of the season. That's right. So if, if this thing does come down to the fourth quarter and you need a field goal, I mean, that would just be the most Tennessee thing to ever happen is that our (laughs) kicker opts out and we need a field goal to win the game. I really want to see Sarah Fuller get a shot to win it. Imagine that. (laughs) We were talking about that beforehand. (laughs) Me and Connor were. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't bring her up at all, but, uh, you know, on, on the Vanderbilt side, hopefully that it doesn't come down to that. But it does look like we're out of time, Big T. Thank you so much for, for joining us here on the podcast. And and uh, I guess the next step is trying to get Big Cat on here um, <laughs> on, on the door. Pole. I don't know that I've got that much pull, but I'll see what I can do. If, if Vanderbilt ever plays Wisconsin, I will put oh. in the word. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time, Big T, again. And uh, have fun with your college football Saturday tomorrow. Um, and, and again, uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get a decent performance out of both these teams tomorrow. Will do, you guys as well. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's Connor Knapp, a.k.a. Big T from Barstool Sports. He is a digital content creator there. He is also a graduate of Tennessee. So always good to get a Tennessee voice on the podcast as we preview Vanderbilt and the Tennessee Volunteers Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff in Nashville. You've been listening to episode 56 of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring.